conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Tim Matthews. Today we're talking all about Mandy, which is kind of a hard film to put into one genre, but we're celebrating it for Horror Month this October. Tim, you and I both hadn't seen this, so was this something that was already on your watch list? Definitely. It's been on it's been on my watch list for a really long time. Um and I've I've managed to not look into anything about it. You know, I'd only seen certain screenshots, um, you know, of Nicolas Cage looking crazy or something like that. Yeah. Or something <laughs> showcasing the, the vibrant colors in it. But I had, I had no context. I had no, I never read a synopsis to it. I never really looked at the cast. Um, I, I wanted to keep it fresh just because the way people would talk about it gave it this, gave it this feeling of like go into this as fresh as possible and i'm very very glad i did yeah i had watched one of the trailers just before diving into the movie but prior to that i hadn't seen any of the trailers i like you saw the screen shots of nicolas cage just looking crazy and once you dive into it you really get a different tone at the start of the movie because there aren't any words being spoken for like the first six or seven minutes, I think. Yeah. And you just get a look at Nicolas Cage's character, Red, and his everyday life. You know, he's basically a lumberjack, I guess. (laughs) And you see him cutting down a tree and then he gets on a helicopter and someone offers a beer. He doesn't want one. And you don't have any dialogue until he gets back to his cabin deeper into the woods, which was a pretty cool cabin, I might add. The setting for this oh, was just so great. And I think what this movie did was, based on the promotional material I saw, I thought it was just going to be like a bloodbath the entire time. And it doesn't do that. You really get this full picture of who this character is before and after this significant event happens. And that event doesn't happen until the halfway point in the movie when they have already taken Mandy. And obviously, spoilers for anyone listening to this. I know this is a somewhat more recent movie, but it still came out last year. So you've had plenty of time to watch it. Yeah. But this cult takes Mandy and then they just end up burning her in front of Red. And that's what sets him off. But even right after that moment, it still takes a little while to get into those big action scenes. Yeah, this movie, it it's I, I was the same way. Uh, I kind of some of some of the ways that people who have seen it have kind of described this because, you know, it was, you know, at the height of uh, people getting excited about uh, like the next John Wick and everything. And so like just these. These types of movies where I felt like after John Wick, some other actors started getting movies where people's first description would be, oh, this is you know Nicolas Cage's John Wick. Oh, this is uh, Charlize Theron's John Wick for like Atomic Blonde. Like that was yeah. the description I would get. And I, I think I actually think that this that description very much works for this movie. But like what takes it a step further 
is that when you tell me, oh, it's somebody's John Wick, like you said, I think I'm thinking, oh, this is just going to be like nonstop action. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, you know, destroying people like through the whole thing and everything. Um, But the fact is, this is kind of his like John Wick in that it heightens all around everything that we kind of love about Nicolas Cage, like that weird, crazy part of Nicolas Cage. And it hones in on all of that by giving us this very subdued atmospheric film for like 80% of it. Um, And then even after something horrific happens, it's still very subdued. They just build the atmosphere with the colors and that that score is so, so cool in this movie. Um, And then there's a turn when he goes to visit um, that guy to pick up what he calls the Reaper, which we heard that term from Mandy a little bit earlier yeah. when she said, I see the Reaper coming for you or something like that. And um, when there's that turn, I'm like, okay, this is this is where the movie shifts to the tone that everyone's kind of been like hinting at. Um, and uh, And I got like really excited and then it still took its time, but it did it in such a good way. Like I'm, yeah, I'm still. I I finished. I mentioned to you before we started recording. Like I finished watching this like 15 minutes before we started, so I'm still like processing some things. You're processing it live on the podcast right now, but yeah, <laughs> I watched it last night, so I've had a little time to sleep on it. And you know, I was kind of at first playing games on my phone while I was watching it because it did start off a little slower, but not slow in the sense to where it was boring necessarily. I just have a habit of multitasking while I'm watching things. (laughs) And eventually I was like, okay, this is getting really interesting. So I would set my phone down and just pay attention to the movie. And even though it's two hours long, the pacing of it never felt like it was two hours because even at the beginning when you were going through this sort of more atmospheric setting and everything like you mentioned, it was still interesting just because of the way this film was made. You know, the pacing was good, but also you just really got the sense of, okay, these two characters are out here. They want to be by themselves, really, because you don't live in a cabin in the woods if you want to be surrounded by people all the time. And you can tell Red isn't really huge on his job. It seems like Mandy is the more artistic type. Yeah. And I don't know if you stuck around after the credits or not, but there was a little shot of just like artwork and sketches on a desk. And I believe that was the desk she was sitting at when Red came home from work that night. And so that was just like a nice little thing to get a picture of at the end. It wasn't even really a scene. It was just like this still, really, (laughs) at the end of the credits. And so you have it starting that way. And then they introduce the cult leader, Jeremiah Sand. And that's when things start getting a little more interesting, but also a lot weirder. And you're like, okay, something strange is going on here. And anytime you have a cult involved, things are going to get weird. I've noticed that (laughs) with the various shows that I have watched that have either been about true stories that involve cults or just the depiction of cults in fiction, which they all seem pretty similar. Yeah. Real or fake. (laughs) Yeah. Even the way that like 
the Jeremiah scene started, like it confused me at first because like it had her walking past like the the bus and then it did this like freeze frame uh, and it was just all in red. And then it it cut to like a title screen that that was almost like the title of a chapter. And so I got like confused and I'm just like, oh, wait, I'm like, is this mo- this? Mo-? I was like, I, don't, I didn't think this was like an anthology or anything like that. And then I started seeing the through lines and I'm like, man, like, what is this? Every li- every little thing that this movie added, I, I, it just kept me guessing because I was like, where is this movie going to go? Like, what are they going to do with this? Because you've got these dr- like dreamlike sequences. You've got bits of animation, you know, thrown in there and then these hyper intensive colors um and just like long shots and the way it builds i um so it's i i'm right there with you like that that the movie up to that point was kind of like this is really pretty to look at and i'm and i'm not sure where this is going but you know i'm kind of enjoying my time with these characters but then it's like there's that moment where i'm like all right like this is something's Something's happening. Like, this is something I really, really need to focus on. Yeah, that's what I mean, too, when I said I had to put my phone down because I was like, oh, okay, now is where they Mm -hmm. really want you to pay attention. And it's not that they didn't want you to pay attention before. It was just that they were setting the scene for the relationship that Red and Mandy have. And I really do want to talk about the cinematography for this, too, because, one, the lighting was just all these tones of red in so many shots and it was so dark at the same time i had a light on behind me and i was like okay i have to go turn these lights off because <laughs> i can't see the screen as good as i want to for the tone that they were setting and then just the framing of the shots too when you have red you know tied up in the barbed wire and he's just watching Mandy burn and the car headlights are on him after the fact. Yeah. It's just like, wow, okay. They really understood what feel they were going for with this and how they wanted to frame a lot of these shots. And then you get a shot of him after he gets out of the barbed wire and everything. And he's in this insanely colorful patterned bathroom, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow. That is so very 70s. And obviously, this took place in the 80s, but it was like, okay, you know, you, yeah. you're still going to have some styles from the 70s rolling over into the 80s. It's not like as soon as a new decade hits, everyone goes out and changes their decor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just really get a sense for how these characters lived. And Jeremiah comes and just turns everything upside down on them and takes away the one thing that Red cares about the most. And then that's when you get into the action scenes and the way those were shot too was just so fantastic when he's you know there with the crossbow i believe it is and he's just looking through the site trying to get these crazy biker gang people who aren't really people yeah the the character yeah. <laughs> designs for those because it was so dark they were a little muddied but at the same time it was still really effective because it's like oh, yeah. you didn't need to see how truly terrifying they were just to know that they weren't normal. <laughs> yeah. This whole movie was like it was right down to, you know, the t- the t-shirts they wear and everything and the 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 character designs and the way the music goes. This movie is 
it's metal. Like this, this movie is as metal as can, as can be. And those character designs, like it's, they, while it, it, like you said, like while it was dark and it was, you know, muddied, like when the light would, would change in just a way to frame them in that shot, like their character design would just pop. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is, this is terrifying. And this is also cool like (laughs) these characters look cool and then it's the initial attack like when they um when they capture them the way that they used like electrical light lighting and flickering and so like you could only see uh exactly what they wanted you to see that was a that was a really really intense sequence yeah there were a lot of intense moments as soon as the abduction happened basically and yeah that's when i was just like all right putting putting everything aside yeah watching this and it was so wild and you know i think it might have been a little too weird for me at times i think story wise it was a good story but then i almost wish they would have been able to dive into the cult a little more because things felt very weird with that. He was like, I need this girl. I need this girl. And you had the girl who obviously wasn't super into being in the cult, but it seemed like she was someone's daughter, maybe even Jeremiah's daughter. And yeah. Red lets her go. But you never really get a sense of what was going on in the cult that made her stay. And I don't know. It just felt like they could have spent maybe a little more time on the cult as far as the story goes to give us more of an understanding of everyone rather than just Jeremiah. Yeah. And and the way that, you know, they alluded to, um, you know, the typical cult thing of like, we will ascend. Um, but the, the, the like drugs that they were using and like the bug, you know, sting and uh, like all things like that. And, and even with like the bikers and the chemist, there were all these things that were alluded to that it's like all these, you know, weird chemical things that they're, that they're using. It, it gave me like enough information, but then at times, uh, like, especially the scene just with the chemist where he's the only one who talks and I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, well, red just like, licked like whatever's in that jar and he had like this like freak out moment and then after and then afterwards like he's in this scene and it's a full conversation with him without him saying anything like that was the one scene that like really was standing out to me of like this is this is really extra weird and I'm not sure I completely understand what's going on in this scene um I also really wish that the we got to see the tiger like mess some people up I thought that I thought that's what was going to happen. Like I thought Nicolas Cage was going to just like go in there and fight a tiger, take everyone out <laughs> with a, with, either fight a tiger or the tiger would like join up with him. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be sick. And then the tiger's just gone. And I was like, oh, all right. And you never know what happens to it. No. You're just like, okay. like, where's my post? Where's my post credit of the tiger? Like off, <laughs> off on his journey, teasing the sequel. <laughs> yeah. And because the cult members were on so many drugs i couldn't figure out if mandy was actually laughing at jeremiah or if he just made that all up in his head and killed her for no reason at least the way i interpreted it is that she was actually laughing at him but everything is so amplified amplified exactly 
And so it just, it was like that much more like intense laughter and everything. But she was probably just like, these, these people are insane. And this song that he's playing sucks. <laughs> and this dude is standing naked in front of me pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, was, yeah, yeah. I looked at the screen because at I think at the time I was still I checked something on my phone or something and I looked up and I and I saw that scene and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cult leaders are definitely weird, so it was certainly yeah. believable. And then at the yeah. same time, you know, Mandy started laughing and I was like, well, there went his ego <laughs> out the window. Oh yeah, 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 and he's and like the. You know, he he would shout, don't look at me. And it almost felt like he forcefully like was making them not look at him. And so it's like that's where it falls into the uh, bit of a, a thin line of whatever they're taking or whatever they're doing. Is there some level of supernatural to, to this or is this just so hyper visualized with the drugs that this is just how how it looks to him? Um, I'm assuming it's more of that, that it's like all these drugs and everything that they're taking, it's making him think that he has all this gifted power. Um, but it was, that was a, a wild scene in a long line of, of, of wild scenes. It's yeah. It's like, I'm still like processing <laughs> this whole movie. All I know is I've never been more excited than like sitting and watching a movie when you've got Nicolas Cage covered in blood, carrying a chainsaw and another guy takes out a bigger chainsaw and I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to fight with chainsaws. Like <laughs> I just got so excited for that scene. And then they swing them up and the chainsaws smash together and there's just sparks <laughs> flying everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I'm like this is what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment, too, when Red goes into it looks like a little apartment and there's the biker gang thing sitting on the couch you know watching his porno on tv and yeah he ends up cutting his throat and all the blood spills out onto his face yeah and i was like that is so disgusting but then all of a sudden his teeth are like bright white again later and i know he went yeah. into the kitchen so i didn't catch if he like rinsed the blood out of his mouth or something or if that is just one of those funny little bloopers where his teeth are just filled with someone else's blood and then all of a sudden it's gone <laughs> yeah i it's likely probably uh yeah i didn't see any mo uh moment of cleaning his teeth so yeah. it's likely just one of those movie things um yeah that that was that was wild the 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 kills in this were brutal and the, insane brutal. and they weren't easy yeah. either none of them were really easy no because even the one who is standing at the burning car at the end yeah and he shoots him and you can see the arrow being pulled out and you're like, okay, yeah. he's definitely going to be dead. And then he's yeah. not remotely dead at all. And you're just like, no. oh, okay. And it almost seemed like some of these characters were like something out of American Horror Story. There was a season where, you know, they had the guy dressed in like the head to toe vinyl-y suit or something oh, and it was yeah. just the black yeah. stretchy suit and <laughs> yeah that character in particular the one that got shot with the arrow reminded me of that one just because you couldn't really see any of the faces and yeah i could definitely see that it yeah. definitely felt like something out of a season of american horror story and i like that you could tell they put a lot of effort into the designs but they were 
simple so that they would still look menacing in the dark. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The design work and the the practical work of 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 everything was was not just so well done, but I think as you mentioned earlier, like it was it's so clear that this movie has such a very specific vision, style and tone that it's going for and it leans in like 110% on every single one of those pieces. It's like we're going to do a ton of crazy stuff with colors. You know, amplify it. We're going to do a, a ton of stuff with with great practical effects. Not only are we going to amplify it, but we're going to put a crazy weird but super awesome macaroni and cheese commercial <laughs> with a goblin in the middle of this movie. That was amazing. And it's like, there, here's this tiny thing that you never see even on the full screen uh, that you're watching, but they they made up a practical uh, goblin puppet to do it. And, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, and a goblin puppet that practically pukes... Uh, macaroni and cheese on children like (laughs) i like just the fact that they just every little thing they you could tell you could tell that they were the that there's these people that they're making a genre film and they're having the absolute most fun doing it yeah another visual that really stood out was when he tossed the decapitated head of Yes. The lady who was kind of the leader of the ladies outside of Mm -hmm. Jeremiah. So it seemed like she was kind of, I don't know, maybe the first one Jeremiah recruited or something. Again, we don't get a ton of backstory on the cult members. They're they're kind of just there and all end up dying except for, like I mentioned earlier, the girl. But when he tosses the head in and Jeremiah kind of freaks out when he realizes what it is and you see that shot of it on the floor, it just looks so good even in the darker scenes. And a lot of times I'll notice that, especially in older stuff from, you know, maybe the 70s, 80s and 90s, they'll either make scenes really, really dark or really, really bright to sort of cover up the effects because they know Mm -hmm. they aren't as good. Like I noticed that in the 1990 it miniseries when i watched that recently there was a moment where the screen just got so bright you could hardly see anything and even though this movie is so dark it's not to hide the effects i think it's just the fact that they're in the middle of nowhere in the woods you know you're not going to have street lights or anything (laughs) so it's just dark by nature and it works for the subject matter absolutely yeah the yeah, you can t- you can tell the the high quality of of effort that is into all of these these effects. Like, I hundred percent agree. They're they're not they're not trying to hide anything. They just they do so much to make that that darkness unique, so that it isn't just oh yeah we're in the dark it's in the woods. Like they're the the way it's juxtaposed with so much fire uh, all the time, and um you know obviously they burned they burned Mandy in front of him. Um, and the one guy, uh, you know, he kept saying that she still burns, she still burns. So yeah, I feel like there's there, and this is what I'm like struggling with, like going, going through this podcast is I'm like, all right, I, I just watched like a really unique and bonkers, uh, genre movie. And I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, every, every bit of it. And it was, you know, it was cool. I liked the characters and I, the, um, it was 
it was tense. It was terrifying. It ha- it had everything. But then at the same time, I feel like with how weird it gets, that I still have so much time left that I need to process some metaphorical like uh, side of this of this movie. You know, themes that they're introducing that probably when I go back and um, go back and you know look at maybe the behind the scenes uh, special features. Which shout out to Shutter for doing behind the scenes you know special features on their streaming service. Yeah. Please let's do that on other streaming services. But yeah, I'm just losing my losing my mind thinking about this podcast. Thinking about this movie. Now it was it was really cool. Yeah. Again, it was maybe a little too weird for me at times. Like I could have done without that. <laughs> scene with jeremiah just yeah standing there with his robe wide open and Mm -hmm. then you know maybe it wouldn't have been as effective but i think just the fact that she started laughing at the song yeah you didn't necessarily need that visual to go with it and no it was one of those things where i was like wow they really went all in on the weird factor with this. And it's Mm -hmm. not to say that I didn't have a good time watching this movie. I did. It was just one of those things where going into it, I was like, okay, maybe this will be a little too weird for me. And ultimately, I had a good time with it. And it wasn't too terribly weird outside of the cult stuff. You have, you know, these characters trying to live a semi-normal life out in the middle of the woods, which is not a thing I recognize that everyone wants to do but for some people that's their way of life that's where they want to be and the seclusion is something that they enjoy and you know as an only child very familiar with that but i still wouldn't want to go live out in the middle of the woods (laughs) yeah no there's there's no way i'd want to live in the middle of the woods if only for the fact that the majority of movies i watch that people are living out in the middle of the woods it never goes well so you know, I know it's just movies, but <laughs> why risk it? And then, and then, and then look back on, you know, something bad happens if I'm living out in the middle of the woods and I'm just going to sit there and be like, should have listened to all those movies I watched. <laughs> yeah. Another scene I want to talk about in particular is when the lady goes into the store where Mandy works. So I guess she does have something else to do other than her art, but clearly yeah. the shop has more normal hours than. Red's job because it's pretty dark out when he gets home. But again, woods, I don't know how sun works there. It seems to get darker faster in the woods because of all the trees and coverage that you have. But it seems like Mandy works in sort of this general store, I guess, which is probably more in town. And the lady comes up and just starts being so weird and asking all of these questions. And, you know, you can tell Mandy thinks it's weird, but it doesn't seem to raise enough red flags. (laughs) And I was like, you should be a little more concerned about this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was that was a really awkward and and tense scene because it's like they just they like with in a lot of sequences in this movie, they just they take they take their time and they just let that silence sit and I kept questioning, like, oh, like, are is someone going to pop up behind Mandy? Like, that, these are all the things that I'm waiting for. Like, I'm just like, is she just is she just out there? Like, is this just reconnaissance to find her? You know, and then, you know, assuming they follow her back to back to her home um, or is she there and then they're going to take her? You know, it's I it, it that scene kept me guessing. Um, 
because I wasn't sure exactly when it was going to happen. All we knew is that, you know, the uh, Jeremiah sent for Mandy. And so at any point in time, somebody's coming. And then even when they, you know, did the, the musical whistle thing in the car to to call upon the the demon bikers, um, they even they they let they let that space and time, you know, just sit and stew, you know, waiting in the car and the the kid just oh my god, if he if 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 he put that window up and down one more time, like I swear, <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. But it's like they did so much with sound in this movie, not just in the score, but with the balancing the silence with just very, very specific in the scene sounds, whether it's the creakiness of that window going up and down. That drove or, everyone crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's they did they did so many great ways to um, to keep that atmosphere going in this movie. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a weird movie, but sometimes I feel like you have a movie and it's like, oh, there's there's weird stuff in it and it's like, oh, do these tones like really really mesh? This this movie definitely mixes genres, but I feel like it does it in a way that even if it can get a little too weird for some people and in, in in some places, I feel like I feel like it knows what it wants to do and it's naturally dipping in and out of all the different styles. Um, which I, I was a little nervous about when when I was watching it. I was like I was like, oh, like how is all of this going to kind of mesh together? And even when just the only thing I knew about this movie was that the third act was insane. Um, and so I was almost concerned, like, oh, is the third act going to feel jarring? And then it's just going to be one of those movies where people say, oh, the third act is awesome and crazy, but you just kind of have to get through the rest of it. And I'm like, well, I hope that's not how it is. And I, but I felt like even the little bit that they gave us with, uh, with their relationship to her death and then to him getting his revenge, they kept it simplistic enough so that everything else around it could just build the, the meat and the bones of, uh, of the rest of the film because the the main part of the story was um, was so simplistic but I do agree with you like it I, I know the movie was already two hours but I could have done with you know a two and a half hour movie if I got if I got maybe just a couple extra scenes to just figure out like who this cult is and like why they're doing what they're doing and maybe some answers to the chemist stuff yeah, when we first see Jeremiah, it sounds like he had seen Mandy somewhere before and he was kind of like, I need that girl I saw. And yeah, I was like, okay, you saw this girl once and you are what being told by some higher spiritual person that you <laughs> need to get this girl. And it was kind of unclear what was going on, but I am glad you brought up the sound because I wanted to talk a little bit about the sound and the direction for this movie. So it was directed by Panos Cosmatos. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I, I think that's correct. He's only really done a few things. He was a producer on a documentary and then he directed a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow in 2010. And that was the only other thing he had directed and written other than Mandy. Yeah. And also apparently quite weird. Yeah. Just by looking at the cover <laughs> or the poster for the movie, it looks yeah. like it is along these lines. And it'll be interesting to see if he ends up doing more stuff because that's a pretty big gap, even for a director who might not direct as many things as actors would act in in a given 
span of time. But, you know, I think he had a very interesting vision for this and a very interesting way of going about it. But then you have the sound. And like you said, not just the soundtrack, but just the effects sounds and everything that amplify the tension in this movie tenfold easily. When that soundtrack came in too, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so tense. And unfortunately, the guy who worked on the soundtrack has since passed away. And it was actually Mm -hmm. fairly recent after the movie had been released. So, you know, that is super unfortunate. And you have these composers who just really know when to go all out. And I think Stranger Things is kind of the same way. The soundtrack really amplifies the experience with that show. And that's how I felt with this. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, um, I mean, even, even the, the, the chapter like text and everything um, had that aesthetic that reminded me of, of Stranger Things and, you know, the synths and everything. And I'm obviously, I mean, styles like this have been used long, long, long before Stranger Things, but um, but in recent years, these are two that I definitely feel like really capture that style um, in in a soundtrack that and in a score that it feels it feels creative and new and not just oh this is like eighty sounding for eighties sake. Um, yeah. You know they they add a they add a character to the score and yeah I remember. Around Oscar time, um, I forget why, but there was a reason that his score was not eligible for an Oscar. But just about anyone that I follow on Twitter that's you know heavily involved in like the the big discussions of the Oscar discourse and everything like that, um, this score was so high on everybody's list of just basically like this should win, but it's not eligible. So that. For for this movie that you know largely was just in in festivals and I think a very limited theatrical run and now lives on on Shutter you know the the score has far and wide you know reached reached the the masses of of people's fandom for it um, and uh, so that was it's so it's really unfortunate that you know he passed away um, yeah but it's nice to see that you know I guess the last thing that he likely worked on is so is so loved and appreciated. Yeah, Mandy really feels like a movie that's going to have this sort of cult following and, you know, no pun intended there, but it's something that <laughs> happens with a lot of movies in the horror genre unless they end up becoming sort of these prestige films like A Silence of the Lambs or even Get Out and hopefully Us because I enjoyed that. I know some people didn't like it as much as Get Out, but this was one of those movies where I feel like Nicolas Cage's performance and that combined with the soundtrack and everything just really amplified the experience of this movie. And even though I thought it was too weird for my liking at times, it was something that I could understand why people got so excited about this movie. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's a I feel like it's it's a really for people who who enjoy genre films and horror films and 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 everything of the sort um i feel like this is a really great um enjoyable film for uh people to just watch and have a plethora of things to discuss about it like this this is i feel like this is a movie that even yeah even if 
even if you're kind of like, that was really weird. And I'm, you know, maybe in some spots, it's like, I'm not sure I get it. But I, I, I still, the, the movie made, made me want to go and recommend it to, um, to my friends and be like, you need to watch this. I don't know if you're going to like it, but you need to watch this so we can <laughs> talk about it. Um, and uh, I feel like it's one I'm definitely going to be uh, Googling a bunch to see what other people's thoughts are on it. Um, it I definitely want to check out the special features, um, you know, to see a bit more of like the process. Maybe it'll illuminate some things. Um, and it's very possible that I, I think I, I, you know, this will be one that I uh, that I even, you know, revisit because it definitely really intrigued me. And I had a uh, I had a good time with it. I was unnerved by it. I would go with uh, to quote the the Cheddar Goblin that the movie was Goblin good. <laughs> what would that translate to in a rating out of five? <laughs> <laughs> For me, I I you know I think I'm so I'm some I'm somewhere between I you know I'm probably gonna go lean towards a four. Okay, because I I feel like as a movie of what it set out to do, I think it accomplished it, and uh, I can't think of really many structural issues except for the you know thinking of you know trying to figure more about out about the cult but i don't know if they necessarily wanted us to know more about yeah. the cult, even if i personally want that so it's it's definitely it's somewhere between like a three and a half and a four um but it's not um it's not to any you know even if it ends up being a three and a half when i finally log it like that's not a detriment to the to the movie at all i, I hate ratings <laughs> <laughs> i know me i out. know <laughs> But I do, I, I do, I do them anyway. I sit Same. and I, I stress about them on Letterbox and exactly. And yeah. you know, I'll link to both of our Letterboxd accounts in case anyone wants to follow us there. Yeah. But you could see my final decision whether <laughs> it ended up a three and a half or a four. And feel free to yell at me about it if if you disagree. Yeah. See, I was more in the three to three and a half range, and ultimately went with the three just because I don't know if it's because I was multitasking or the fact that I was maybe a little bored enough at the beginning to be multitasking in the first place. That's fair. And then yeah. it, it got a little weird in spots. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy the experience of watching this, because an experience is definitely what it is, <laughs> whether you like it or not. And, you know, I clearly fall right in the middle, which, yeah. you know, a three out of five isn't a horrible rating. It just, no. for me, it means, you know, I had a good time while watching this, but I probably won't revisit it anytime soon. Typically, it's the movies that I give a four or five to or, you know, four and a half, yeah. obviously, that I'm like, okay, I really had fun with this or this was a perfect movie. I enjoyed it. I'll probably revisit those movies at some point. And I think that's fine because I've been watching oh, a lot of horror movies lately. And I found that there are some that a lot of my friends will love and be like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. And then I watch it and I'm like, eh, it was fine, <laughs> you know, and yeah. everyone is going to have their own preferences. And I am definitely glad that I watched it. So there is that at least. But yeah. Tim, do you have any final, final thoughts here before we wrap this up? Not really. I mean, just that, you know, like you said, it's, uh, I, I mean, I've been watching, well, I mean, I've been watching a ton of horror movies all, all year, but obviously, especially we hit October and, you know, really, uh, um, you know, amp it up on how much uh, how much we watch and talk about horror movies. Um, but that's the cool thing about this this whole genre and movies like this and stuff on Shutter is that um, this movie was absolutely an experience. And I think it's for anyone a fan of genre movies, this is an experience worth having. Whether or not you watch it ever again, whether or not you enjoy it, 
you'll definitely have an experience. And I mean, I, uh, and I think that's the coolest thing about all, all this is that the genre literally has some piece of style for, for everybody's, uh, interests. And it's always fun to check out what other people's recommendations are and see, it's like, what, what did they connect with this movie? Um, so I know I'm going to be hopping onto Shutter probably after we finish recording to pick uh, to pick the next thing that I'm going to watch, and uh, yeah, I mean that's all I can say. <laughs> this movie was an experience. It was I had a good time, and I I definitely recommend it and recommend Shutter. As do I. I've been making some good use of it this month already. And before we go, I quickly want to let you all know about our Patreon. You can support Welcome to Geekdom for either a dollar a month or five dollars a month. A dollar will get you a thank you on the show. And five dollars will allow you to pick a topic for me to cover with a guest. And I will get through whatever you choose as quickly as possible and get an episode done on it. You can also find us on Twitter at GeekdomPod and on Instagram at Welcome to Geekdom. Tim, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Mandy today. Always a pleasure. And to our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.